0: Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order, additional term supply. Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today.
1: Straight up with no chaser, you're in the sports bar with Danger and Bataglia on The Sports Leader, 95.7 FM and AM 950 The Fan. Rochester
0: let's talk some week zero college football with our superhero of the spread fantasy pros betting pros Thor Nystrom is back in the sports bar with danger and Bataglia Thor it's time it's still kind of summer week zero still feels like the, the last remnant of summer but we've got some college football to get excited
1: about this weekend if we so choose how are you bud
2: oh, I'm doing great yeah we are here we made it yeah it-
1: Thor, um, we're all going to be watching tomorrow, Notre Dame and Navy. So really, that's probably the best thing that we're all going to be watching. But correct me if I'm wrong, if there's another game that you'll have your eyes on. But how do you assess the fighting Irish here going over? And when you're facing a team like Navy and that sort of offense, how, how you know, Notre Dame's faced them before, but how difficult will that be for a team coming out in their first game here? How would you assess this from a betting standpoint?
2: Yeah, it, difficult, but not nearly as difficult in this case, in my opinion, for two reasons. Number one, the the change in the cut block rule, where you can't do it outside of the box anymore, that, that happened a couple of years ago. It's one of the reasons why Army now is going to a spread option uh, type deal, like more like Coastal Carolina ran with with McCall, um, moving away from the flex bone. Um, that, that's number one, and then having the entire off season to prepare. For the Flexbone and then the, the new uh, Navy offensive coordinator, he, he does run, uh, put some more wrinkles into it, outer shotgun, different stuff like that. But the the tenant of it is Flexbone. The, the, the guy was a disciple of Paul Johnson. Um, and so, like, I don't think it's going to be as tough for uh, Notre Dame as, for instance, you know, three, four years ago, playing a team like Navy in the middle of the season would have been trying to prepare for that on, on six days rest.
0: Our other matchup Saturday night, uh, you got USC hosting uh, San Jose State, and USC is an interesting one here. I mean, last season in the Pac-12, probably the last season of Caleb Williams' time at, at USC. How are you looking at this game, and, and what, what's a you know what's an opportunity for us here to make some money, Thor?
2: Uh, well, it's funny. My, my, uh, projected total, it shades it a little under the Vegas one, but there's no way that I would bet the under of that game. Uh, USC's defense was an abomination last year deal. The, the only reason that they got bailed out some was because of turnover luck. You wonder if that turnover luck goes away this year. Uh, if, I mean, if they qualitatively stay the same on that side of the ball, their defense is going to sharply regress even from, from what it was last year. And in San Jose state, they return most guys on offense. They return almost nobody on defense. Their, their best players are on, you know, moved on whatever. Fajoco was, was one of them, got taken uh, uh, very early on in, in day three, it was their best pass rusher. San Jose State only returns four starters on defense, whereas they return nine on offense. So I think there's going to be plenty of points put up, especially because of the way San Jose State plays. The very efficient uh, offense where they try to get the ball into space, uh, a lot of short passes, stuff like that. They force you to tackle in space one-on-one. That, that was a problem for USC last year, and that was before they lost their number one corner, Makai Blackman, who was one of the best cornerbacks in the nation last year, to the NFL. So, um, and, and as far as the side, my number is right where Vegas is. I, I have USC minus 32. It's, it's in the low th- 30s in Vegas as well, so I don't see as much value in that one as, as some of these other games, that's more of a prop game for me.
0: Thor, what about value in uh, projecting the Heisman? And we have Williams as the betting favorite here for his second Heisman, but is there value to be found elsewhere when you're looking ahead to the end of the season awards and, and who might actually be taking home the Heisman trophy?
2: Yeah, for sure. You know, I mean, like obviously Caleb Williams, like the prohibitive favorite, or whatnot, but like in that Heisman market, I'm never going to bet the favorite, like the odds just that, you know, it's, it's not juice worth a squeeze from an ROI perspective on that. So I typically look for, for longer shots that have a shot, have a clear path, um, which, you know, what we're talking about with the Heisman, you have to be invariably a quarterback on a team that loses less than three games, preferably you make the college football playoff, you know, like we've seen a whole bunch of these guys win the national title, but I think over the last 25 years, we, it's been all quarterbacks, except we had one wide receiver was Devonta. That was sort of an aberration season where, you know, even like leading up to that Mac Jones was the favorite up until the the very end when people were just like, well, his receiver better than he is. So sure. let's just give it to him. And then you had three running backs um, that have won it over the, those 25 years, but outside of them four years, quarterback every time and, and like i said you know pretty easy to see it's it's you can't have a fourth loss you're eliminated then you have to put up the bazooka stats and the less last year team have obviously the better so i i look at some guys that are you know sort of unknowns that i i think you know at least sort of nationally where they have a path um you know co- starting quarterbacks for teams that i think could potentially make the college football playoff and put up uh, big stats um, whoever the Alabama starting quarterback ends up being, and whoever the Ohio State quarterback starting quarterback ends up being, we, d- we don't yet know. But y- you can take a shot on one of those guys and, and, and get long odds on one of them. Whoever's starting for them if plays twelve regular season games, um, there's there's a real shot that he could end up in, in New York just because those teams obviously are going to be very good. They have a lot of weapons, in particular Ohio State, with they have one of the most ridiculous receiving cores we've seen in college football over the over the last decade. Another one is uh, a guy who does have a, a starting spot on lock right now, Drew Alar from Penn State. Um, you know, he, he can be, this is the first year he gets to start, because obviously Clifford, uh, you know, is now with the Green Bay Packers. But um, Alar he's different than the last two quarterbacks that James Franklin has had there, in that he's absolutely, like, a, a could potentially be a premier NFL prospect because he's got a big arm. He can move around a little bit, but the, the NFL arm uh, strength with stuff like that, and Penn State, their talent has come up, up, up. So I, I think there's a shot that Penn State can hop Ohio State in that pecking order. Um, I, uh, I'm i really high on Michigan, so I, I don't think Michigan is going to get hopped. But um, Alar is another guy i toss out.
1: Uh, Thor Nystrom, our guest here in the sports bar as uh, last one here on, on week zero as oh, sorry, I wish there were more games. I think like you and every other college football fan and maybe television will force the issue at some point. Um, are there any other matchups uh, coming up tomorrow? If Ohio, San Diego State, that will be on FS1, maybe a Hawaii Vanderbilt, anything else that uh, piques your interest here?
2: Yeah, the Ohio-San Diego State one is interesting because um, Rourke, the the quarterback for um, Ohio, he tore up his knee in the middle of November, but he made like this miraculously fast recovery, where even during the spring he was out there in his pads. And we've known now for a while that he was going to start this game, but I'm just curious how much that affects his mobility, how much that affects the game plan, because you guys know those both the Rourke ones. You know the, the other kid, he, his brother, he, he's in the NFL now, and he's been opening some eyes in the preseason, but they, they like to move around, scramble stuff like that. Will, will, will work uh, be confined to the pocket in this game? I'm, I'm curious about that. Um, the Hawaii Vanderbilt one, that would be my one sort of long shot where um, I am on the underdog there. Uh, Hawaii getting 17 and a half points. My system makes that game closer to 10. Um, last year, Hawaii, the first two games, they got absolutely drilled. One of them was by Vanderbilt. Interestingly enough, you get kind of a revenge angle there. But after the first two games, I don't think people know this because Hawaii was playing late and stuff off the radar at that point. They went 9-2 and two against the spread their last 11 games. Hmm. Quarterback play started to get a little bit better. Um, the run-and-shoot offense for Timmy Chang, that was his first season. It started to at least be viable where teams had to respect the, the air just a little bit. They have this star running back um, that, that I think more people are going to find out about uh, this year, Tylen Hines. Um, sort of this scat back that they can play in the slot stuff like that. He's going to give Vanderbilt problems. And Hawaii just played hard down the stretch last year, even though it was a lost season where they finished three and 10. So like that's a team where you project for it. I think they're going to be stronger. I'm not sure that Vanderbilt is in particular, their defense stinks, and their secondary was one of the worst in the nation last year. They didn't do anything to address it. So getting the 17 that points, so I'm going to take that.
0: Thor. We haven't had a chance to talk to you since all of the realignment talk here over the course of the last month, month and a half or so. I'm curious to get your thoughts, your 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 idea of of where this ends, how this ends, what's left with the four teams that are in the Pack Four at this point. Well, you know what? What is your take on all the realignment that's happened here in the last uh, couple of seasons in college football specifically?
2: Yeah, I mean, it's it's sad we're losing the the Pac-12, and it's in particular sad for Oregon State um, and Washington State, because I, I think, you know, Cal and Stanford, I think they're going to find a spot. It seems like the ACC is, is set to bring them in. That's the most recent reports that we had, that they're going to bring those two in, plus SMU. But it looks like Oregon State and, and Wazoo, they're going to be the two that get left out when the music ends, you know, in the... The, the, the roundabout and, and stuff like that. So I don't know if those teams go independent. I don't know if they drop down to the MWC, like what, what they're going to end up doing. But um, I'm not surprised by any of this, so I don't lament it too much. I was told a couple years ago we were going to go to the three major conference thing um, very quickly, you know, that you were going to see two of these Power 5 conferences get killed off. The the Pac-12, obviously, they were the first one that they got killed off after the Big 12 was able to, to sort of save itself from that. Looks like the next next one on the docket is the ACC, which they're trying to get ahead of by bringing in Stanford, Cal, SMU. But once uh, Clemson and Florida State invariably leave, Miami leaves. Uh, you know, I, I don't know what the timing of this would be, but sometime in the next calendar year, all the dominoes are going to fall after that because the other teams that have offers from whether it's the Big Ten, whether it's the SEC, you can make way more money from the television revenue by going there. The ACC got themselves into a bad situation with a really long term deal that now is, is way below market value when you compare it to what the SEC and the Big Ten schools get per season. So, uh, yeah, the, the ACC got to do whatever it can to hang on. But, um, you know, if you were putting odds on anything, you would ACC would be heavy favorite to be the, the next one killed off. But I, I think we'll settle at three, you know, major conferences after that. But those conferences are going to tell the NCAA to kick rocks. That will be the end of the NCAA, at least as far as overseeing Major, major, major college football. Those guys are going to make rules themselves.
1: Yeah. So, like at that point, why not just say, "Hey, we're the official minor league here of the NFL." We were talking about this before you know you came on Thor because quarterback development in the NFL is it's not great. Like when you look at it, take Trey Lance for example. Like how could some? How could the NFL just whiff on that so bad? Well, maybe if there was a better feeder system. I mean, when we get to this kick rocks NCAA and these, these colleges are doing their own thing. Could we actually see more alignment with the NFL Thor?
2: Yeah, for sure. I mean, like, you know, I don't know if there would be any overt agreement between, you know, these hypothetical, you know, power three uh, conferences once we get there. Um, But for sure, in terms of making, like I said, their own rules, and there's going to be things that help the NFL evaluations that naturally flower out of this. One example of that would be right now, you know, every single season, these these good Power Five teams, they schedule one FCS team because you basically get a you know another bye week that's put into your schedule. You, you know some of the kids you brought in the freshmen. That's the game where you get to let them play the second halves, different stuff like that. But I think those games are going away once we get to the the three Power Three. It's just those teams are going to play each other. Well, you, you're going to get better games at that point, right? Because you don't have games that are just total throwaways. That's better from an evaluation standpoint for a number of different reasons. You know, it's more meaningful tape for sure. It's also a much larger data set that that actually matters to what you're doing. You mentioned the Trey Lance thing. Trey Lance was one of the least, you know, just in terms of just experience, one of the least experienced quarterbacks we had ever seen go in the top five. But it, it wasn't just that, that lack of experience. It all came at the FCS level. Um, You know, of course, he had the, it was a weird thing where, you know, it was around COVID and and, and different stuff like that. There was factors for this of of why it started late and why he didn't get the amount of playing time. But yeah, I mean, San Francisco obviously took a shot on a kid where you had very, very little data on him and you were totally betting on the upside. And it seems like uh, they didn't quite see it through in terms of giving him all the opportunities and, uh, I, you know, I, I'm not sure what happened internally there, but it, it, it's an odd situation where obviously those those parties need to divorce now. But in the future, yeah, a, a kid like Trey Lance with all the, the transfer restrictions lifted, I, I think you're just going to see him transfer to the FBS
0: talking college football with Thor and fantasy pros and betting pros and week zero this weekend. I'm already looking ahead to January Thor. I mean, give us some value in the futures market to win the national championship this season. Who do you like? Who gives us the best chance?
2: My, my pick to win the title is Michigan. I uh, really like what Michigan is, is bringing, but they bring back basically everybody. They're stacked on, on both offense and defense, you know, everything they do as far as that stuff goes. Um, one of the teams that I think is going to be a bit of a surprise. I, I like LSU for that to, to come out of there um, and, and potentially make the playoff. And who knows, maybe even see uh, Michigan there. LSU is the team I think that George is afraid of in the SEC over Alabama. I, I think Alabama is a little bit down this year, just like I, I think Ohio State is, is going to be just a, a tick down. I think Alabama is going to be a little bit more down than just a tick. Um, whereas LSU – they're, they're a team that brought back almost everybody from last year's team. Brian Kelly was one year ahead of schedule with how well that team played last year. Now you bring back basically everybody. They augmented it with transfers as well. So um, that's a team that you know that that I definitely like. Um, yeah, Florida State is, is another one to keep an eye on that, that, that could knock off Clemson. Um, and then Texas uh if if there was ever a year for texas to be back it's got to be this year uh they're fourth in my preseason power rankings the next highest team in the in the big 12 is like 22nd or something Mm -hmm. like that there's an enormous discrepancy between texas roster and the the rest of the league they have to go to tuscaloosa in week two and take on alabama if i'm right about alabama being down uh, that could facilitate knocking off alabama there and from there you're playing a bunch of big 12 teams that are not nearly as talented as you. So if you just avoid injuries, this could be the year for Texas to get into the CFP.
1: Yeah. You brought up Florida state and that's a team that has been on our radar following the ACC and they want out. And uh, my question is actually about week one. Uh, Is that the best matchup? Florida state LSU. What what are your thoughts here on uh, two top 10 teams going uh, on that Sunday night Thor?
2: Yeah, I, I definitely think so. I mean like last year when it was on the Monday night those two teams played. That was that was so fun. You know, like everybody everyone was watching it and um you know that game went back and forth and then it was decided at the very end and K Butte looked like he didn't want to be within twenty miles of that stadium. He, he was just checked out whatnot. Um this time both those schools, you know, it's it's like Norvell is, is ahead of schedule too. And Norvell was some the Florida State coach was somehow able to convince all these guys that absolutely should have declared for the draft to come back. Like I, I had numerous conversations in the spring about, like, why did Jared Burst go back to Florida State? Like, what did Norvell give him? How did that end up happening? I don't know. Um, but, but, like, you know, he's able to convince Jared Burst to come back one of the best edge rushers in the nation who would have been a first-round pick last year. Now he's a projected top-ten pick. But he wasn't the only one. And then Norvell was able to stock up the rest of it uh, in the portal. Those two teams absolutely are, you know, conference champion contenders, CFP contenders, et cetera. So it's a real treat to get that one, especially at a time when no other football is going on and we can all just sort of sit down and, and watch it play out.
0: Thor, we made it. Football is back this weekend. Tell us about the work you're doing at Fantasy Pros and Betting Pros. I know you're having a lot of fun.
2: Yeah. Absolutely, I, I got out all of my week zero bets. I also have uh, an over/under play for all 133 FBS teams. I, I have my projected win totals for all those different teams and a projected spread for every game that every team plays during the season that, that gets me to, to you know to, to that projected win expectancy, and then and then putting that up against the Vegas number. Um, so like, you know, any of your college football betting needs, come on over to betting pros. We gotcha.
1: Yeah. So Thor, you've excited about the, the Vikings this year, seeing Kirk cousins on the quarterback show. What's your outlook for that team?
2: I, I think the Vikings are, you know, I mean, if I may, this, this is where I go a bit more into, into Homer mode, but I think they're a little <laughs> bit better than, than the public does. You know I mean? Like you had the last year, they, you know, 13 and four, whatever, Obviously, the defense was way beyond problematic. Uh, the defense was an abomination. But they spent this offseason directly addressing that. Brian Flores is a guy who is overqualified to be a defensive coordinator. He probably should still be a head coach. But one of the best defensive coordinators in the NFL, you bring him in, your defense absolutely is getting better. It just becomes about how much. But we know that that's coming. I also think the offense has a real decent shot to get better. Last year, they, they either finished 8th or ninth in over in total offense. That was the first year under Kevin O'Connell, right? And they had some deficiencies on that team as well. In particular, they had really poor guard play. And then on the the other side from the, the best singular talent in football, Justin Jefferson, the other side from him, you had Adam Thielen who couldn't separate anymore. And so it sort of bogged the offense down. It's one of the reasons why they went out and traded for TJ Hawkinson. But the, the defense is absolutely going to be better, M- might jump up by 10 spots. And then that offense has a shot to get into the top five, because of the things that you know, they did to address it. Jordan Addison, for instance, coming in for Thielen. You go out and you sign Josh Oliver, so now you can run 12 personnel. They do have to figure out that they have to make Hawkinson happy to play the season because Hawkinson's not happy that he doesn't have a contract extension yet. But I, I expect him to be on the field. But you put all that sort of stuff together without losing anyone that you cared about that they didn't care about Delvin Cook. Um, it, then it becomes like, can they be, have a top-five offense where their defense is around 20th? I think that's totally theoretically possible that's a team that absolutely can take down a crappy NFC North.
0: And, and speaking of the NFC North, Thor, are you buying into some of the preseason love and hype in green Bay with Jordan love now behind center?
2: Absolutely not. I've <sighs> seen too much of Jordan love to, to buy into that ridiculous hype coming out of there. Last time I watched Jordan, I was in the, the the mountain West conference. He threw 17 interceptions for, for Utah state. I I, I know that he's had like this apprenticeship and, and whatnot, and he, he's gotten some time and, Apparently everybody around him likes him and stuff like that. But I did not see uh, superstar ability or, you know, singular talent ability when he was coming out. Uh, to me, he's more station to station guy. Hopefully over the last couple of years, uh, you know, they've improved his, his ability to read coverages and stuff like that. He had a lot of yellow balls at, at Utah State. That year he threw 17 interception before he went to the NFL he had a ridiculous uh, percentage of his throws were within 10 yards of the line of scrimmage. So that that was my concern with him is like, you know, you're both, you have this this, this game plan that's, that's conservative for you and you're still turning the ball over a whole bunch. Presumably that stuff has been worked on the last couple of years, as far as, you know, like I said, reading the defenses, hopefully Aaron you despite what he said publicly, that he actually, you know, helped him out a little bit, but I definitely don't see a star there. And, uh, Green Bay for me more this year is, you know, re- you know, rebuild or rebuild on the fly. Um, f- for me, th- they should be excited if they finish around 500.
1: Thor, great stuff as always. And uh, good luck to your Vikings. And uh, let's let's talk here as the season gets going along here. Thanks so much today.
2: Anytime, boys. I always enjoy coming out with
0: you. Love it. Appreciate the time, Thor. Thor Nystrom. You can get his work at fantasy pros, betting pros, get you some winners for college football. Guy just is a wizard with college football, our superhero of the spread, getting you some winners for week zero, and we'll check in with Thor throughout the course of the college football season.
1: So one quick Bill's note, it's actually a Bears note, tomorrow's opponent, Justin Fields, will start at quarterback, Uh but uh, head coach Matt Eberflus was asked, all right, well, then who's coming in after that? Who's the second-string quarterback? Uh, You have P.J. Walker, Uh Tyson Badgen, Uh and, and yes, Nathan Peterman. Looks unbelievable in the preseason. So good in the preseason. Matt Eberflus. I'm not going to answer that. Do you, <laughs> Ooh, okay. <laughs> do
0: you know how good Nathan Peterman looks in the preseason? He always looks good in the preseason. Do you know how good, though? Just how good? I mean, I, I feel like we should remind ourselves just how good, how intoxicating his play in the preseason is. So good that once upon a time, Sean McDermott thought it would be a good idea to start Week one with Nathan freaking Peterman.
1: Over Josh Allen.
0: Over Josh Allen. That's Buffalo Bills head coach, Sean McDermott.
1: Drunk with Peterman power. Nate Peterman threw an NFL record five interceptions and a half and somehow got a second and a third chance. Later on, well, look, the following season. he's
0: never going to be a starter in the league again, even though he did start a game last year for, for those Bears. But a consistent starter, never, ever, ever, ever again. Good for him that he's still working. Good for him that he's still getting after it. But just just keep that in mind when you talk about Nathan Peer. Looked so good in the preseason. Did and said all the right things throughout the summer and throughout training camp to the point where Sean McDermott thought that gave you the best chance to win Nathan Peterman week one against the Ravens
1: with the rookie on the bench do we get because after the game we a lot of it is like oh I don't I you know it's a lot of fraternization right like oh my old friend hey how you doing how are the kids everything else does Sean McDermott chat up Nathan Pierman following the Oh, game? I'm sure that there's there's a dialogue and exchange. Absolutely. Absolutely.
0: We, we know who's in and who's out for some of these meaningful games here, uh, or some of these games this weekend before we get to the meaningful games here in week one. And we already know that the Bills starters are going to be suiting up. We now know that Justin Fields will be playing in Chicago. We'll get more into that here during happy hour. Uh, Sam Howell will hit the hit the bench. Jacoby Brissett will get the start against the Bengals. Will Levis is sitting against the Patriots tonight. He was injured last week against the Vikings. Derek Carr won't play against the Texans on Sunday night. That'll be Jameis Winston getting the start in uh, New Orleans. And Dak Prescott, one of a handful of quarterbacks who will end this preseason without taking a single snap. So there's that mm. as well. Zero preseason play for Cowboys quarterback uh, Dak Prescott. And if you watched any preseason football last night, you saw the Colts rookie Anthony Richardson taking on the Eagles and, and looking fairly impressive. Three scoring drives with Richardson, who was six for 17 with 78 yards and 38 rushing on five carries. And the Steelers looked impressive again, 24-0 over the Falcons last night in preseason action after trotting out their starters against the Falcons' bubble players. Guys that were on the bubble to make their roster. Didn't go well. Didn't go well. Uh, we can also talk a little bit here during happy hour, not just about the bills and the bears preseason finale, but also the Jonathan Taylor news where his, his request for a trade is still out there. And there are plenty of reports that have plenty of teams interested in making offers. Obviously none of the offers good enough or to the Colts liking. I don't think Jonathan Taylor is going anywhere. I don't know how you feel about this, Gene. I don't know what
1: your take is. Well, I mean, the take is this like you go out there and you see what the value is and okay. K, the one report there's only really six teams, and we only know one. Well, you have a couple other names though that are interesting that I hadn't heard here.
0: Yeah, it, it was Miami, of course, the reportedly making at least one offer. Um, Broncos have made at least an offer. The Bears uh,
1: and one team making a quote serious offer for Jonathan Taylor. All right, so again, and and when Tuesday, the uh, Bo was in Bo Jackson from WB. And he was all gung ho. No, do this trade when well, we have Jonathan Cook. Uh, okay, well it doesn't matter. You can bring him in. It's not just would he make your team better. You're going to have to pay right. Jonathan Taylor. That's right. really. This is only a discussion I want to have if the Colts end up cutting him. That's it.
2: Yeah,
1: he's That's the not going to cut. He's no.
0: under contract. You know how Jim Mercy is. You know the kind of player, the kind of owner he is. He's not going anywhere, Gino. He's not. This is a. a this is a staring contest that inevitably the owner is going to win. And if Jonathan Taylor wants to play football this year, it's going to be with the Indianapolis Colts.
1: Or he then goes to the, ooh, yeah, my back doesn't feel so good. Oh, right. And I, yeah. We're right. going to go do that all. Sure. That, which is, for fantasy football purposes,
0: problematic, obviously. Uh, all right. Happy hour coming up next in the sports bar. We'll take a break here. Come back with more. Uh, we'll talk a little bit more bills bears week three of the preseason as we wrap up the preseason and get ready for meaningful football here after Labor Day. Lots to unpack from Thorne Eyestrom, fantasy pros and betting pros week zero of, of college football getting in away this weekend. And, and we can go back and talk a little bit about, uh, Jim Riley's conversation with us, uh, the host of barreled up the MLB podcast. We'll get into all of that in a run of shots as well. Happy hours next in the sports bar. You can join us on the Good Smoke Barbecue and Pub Wingman line. 866-4FAN, award-winning barbecue from Good Smoke Barbecue and Pub. The new location, 135 West Commercial Street in East Rochester. GoodSmokeBBQ.com. Stay with us in the sports bar Danger and Battaglia on 95.7 FM and AM 950 The Fan Rochester. Snap into action this NFL season with FanDuel, America's number one sports book. Mike Danger for FanDuel's Sportsbook, the official partner of 95.7 The Fan. Right now, new customers get $200 in bonus bets guaranteed when you place a $5 bet. That's $200 in bonus bets, win or lose. If you've been thinking about joining FanDuel, there's no better time to get in on the action. The app is easy to use. There's a wide range of betting options, including the point spread, player props, over-unders, and more. So, Visit Fanduel.com slash Mike, M-I-K-E, and kick off the NFL season. Fanduel, official partner of the NFL. 21 plus and physically present in New York. First online real money wager only. $10 first deposit required. Bonus issued is non-withdrawable bonus bets, which expire in seven days after receipt. Restrictions apply. See terms at sportsbook.fanduel.com. For help with a gambling problem, call one 877 hope ny or text HOPE-NY four six seven three six nine. Odyssey has sports for every fan. Keep up with your favorite. Teams from across the country and get the inside scoop from experts. A-U-D-A-C-Y. Odyssey. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe.